Hello and welcome back to The Hum. I'm Karina Dross, and this is the bonus side podcast to The Hum and the Holler, where I take you through the astro weather highlights from new moon to new moon. And before we dive in, I just want to say a thing about the audio quality on this particular podcast. You may hear a lot of cars in the background. I live on a very busy road, and I often hide in my closet to record this podcast. But today, that is impossible. But I have done the best I can to get you a good audio quality in a room that is really not set up for it. So I appreciate your patience. And if you are someone who really can't stand background noises in podcasts, you might want to give this one a miss. And we begin today's episode with the Libra new moon happening on September 25th. This new moon will be at 2 degrees and 49 minutes of Libra at 5.54 p.m. on the east coast of the U.S. And when we are working with new moon energy, by and large, we are working with a potent time to be in a process of renewal. Many people speak about setting intentions, planting seeds, having a kind of acknowledgement around the time of the new moon that you are part of ongoing cycles and that a cycle has come to an end and a new one is beginning. So new moon in Libra offers us a time to reflect on and participate in the ways that we want to renew our lives through Libra energy. Libra energy being associated with harmony in relationships, with clarity about communication and connection, with a sense of calm, patient, listening, attentiveness to what is outside of us, what needs balancing, and how we can get along better, how we can be in smoother, more peaceful connections with one another, within ourselves, with the earth. So, gorgeous energy. This particular Libra new moon, although Libra is a sign of clarity, there, there's a kind of, uh, as someone who has no air signs in my chart, I often think of air energy as a little bit chilly. <laughs> and as I'm saying this, I'm also really appreciating the chill on this fall morning. So no shade, no shade at all. But there's like, you can think of it as chilly. You can think of it as chill. There's a chill energy in Libra. And that energy is being a little bit offset on this new moon by the opposition between the moon and the sun conjunct in Libra and Jupiter in Aries, which is the opposite of chill. Aries opposite of Libra is a sign of urgency and action and fiery, passionate need to do the thing now, need to come to a quickness, come to the aliveness in your body and act on it immediately. That is often the energy that Aries prefers to to hold in this world. And so when we have Jupiter in Aries, Jupiter is the cosmic expander. Jupiter, when it is in a sign, increases our collective enthusiasm for that way of being and our sort of collective belief in that being the way. Jupiter rules how we understand the world and also how we move toward it with joy, with a desire to joyously be learning and participating in the whole. So to have this Jupiter and Aries opposition makes what would otherwise be a fairly chill new moon in Libra 
a little bit spicier, a little bit more active, dynamic, expansive, and potentially tricky if you are someone who already has a hard time with boundaries or with balancing between yourself and the other. Libra, Aries oppositions are always bringing in that question of who am I, who is my partner or my best friend or my enemy or my colleague, uh, the, the other that you are intimately defining yourself by and pushing against and trying to collaborate with. Aries is the needs of the self and Libra is the needs of the relationship. So with this new moon, if you are keen to do some sort of magic or ritual or intention setting with this energy, I would invite you to become curious about where you feel that pull between self and other and what it is you need to be bringing in from Aries in order to do Libra well, which is another way of saying what boundaries do you need to hold what do you need to know about your own desires and impulses and instincts and purpose and drive and passion in order to show up honestly and with a sense of presence and attentiveness in your connections with others? There are ways of reading this new moon energy that are not just relational. I always like to look at creativity and how we show up as imaginative um, makers of things and bringers of the world, the world we can imagine into the worlds that are real. And so through that lens, Libra also has a lot to do with art making and Aries has to do with the impulse and the inspiration. So this can be a beautiful new moon for trying to find some sort of balance and finding it by noticing where you are drawn towards the edges of your experiences from a sense of curiosity and joy, which is that Jupiter piece. So this new moon, I think it's going to be a fun one. I don't think you need to set super harsh goals for yourself. I think this new moon is one of inquiry and experimentation and that it can have a corrective effect on your tendency, if, if this is your tendency, to either repress a lot of your own desires and feelings or to act on them really quickly without thinking them through. So if you are someone who is seeking balance between those two modes of being, this can be a beautiful new moon to do ritual intention reflection. Another element that is present in this new moon, but will be perfecting the next day on September 26th, is that we have a trine between Venus and Virgo and Pluto and Capricorn, and Mercury is conjunct Venus. That's retrograde Mercury. So that means we are working with Earth energies being in balance with each other, Venus being ruler of Libra New Moon, in a sign that's interested in solving problems and fixing things and bringing more order to the chaos, in a beautiful supportive relationship with Pluto, which helps us see into our own depths, confront our anxieties and shadow side, and then with retrograde Mercury also involved, there is an extra emphasis on slowing down, paying attention, reading and rereading, not moving the way that Jupiter and Aries might want us to do kind of quickly and uh, with a sense of enthusiasm, 
from thing to thing to thing, but rather staying with the Virgo energy a little bit more, staying with what needs resolving, what needs discernment, what needs dissolving, what needs to happen here to shift this tension, to move things to their next best way of being healed, of being generative. So that's an extra layer of complexity that's present around the time of this lunation, perfects on the 26th. And best practices for this, I believe, are to hold as much as you can of the complexity of your own experience, right? Noticing where you feel contradictions inside yourself, noticing where your desires might not align, right? Perhaps you want desperately to live in the peace and solitude of the country, but also cannot possibly imagine giving up the friendships and networks of a city, right? So if you find in yourself these conflicting desires, being with them with a sense of attentiveness and love without feeling an urgency to make decisions just yet is a really good use of this particular lunation with the understanding that the more you look at them and the more you hold them and just examine them like you're picking up a stone and turning it over in the sunlight and looking at all of its different facets, as you do this with your conflicting desires, information is being created, networks of connection are being created in your mind, and solutions, or at least first steps towards solutions, may start arising without you having to push too hard for having the ultimate decision or answer right away. On September 28th, we have Mars in Gemini making a trine to Saturn. And this is one of many really beautiful trines between air signs in this lunation period. So from new moon to new moon, we've got a lot going on in the air signs that is copacetic. Trines are astrological aspects that offer effortless support. So it's when energies are really vibing well together, when they are getting along, not getting in each other's way, able to create a, a really firm, supportive ground for the kind of work you want to be doing in those signs. So this is one of those. It's an early one in the month. And Mars, if you've been paying attention, has been doing a lot of trouble, <laughs> troublemaking over the last half of the year. Mars squares and oppositions are, are the big theme of, of the end of 2022. And so it's so nice to see this trine here, to just have a, a Mars trine be part of this experience, because trines help us integrate and make use of and feel our strength in an area that the square was testing us and pushing us. So as this Mars trine comes into perfection on September 28th, Mars in Gemini, trine Saturn in Aquarius, we get to have this, this experience of, oh, okay, I can do this. I know how to do this. I have the skills for this. I understand a little bit more now about what drives me, what I want, how I get things done. And that piece of me, that Mars piece, can collaborate a little bit more effectively on a day like this with my inner adult, with the Saturn that tells me you got to pay your bills, you got to meet your deadlines, etc. So Mars trying Saturn is just a gorgeous day for making something real, for recognizing your accomplishments, and for feeling your strengths. On the next day, September 29th, Venus moves into Libra. 
and our whole collective orientation towards love and creativity moves from a very practical, grounded, let's figure this shit out and do it better kind of energy from Virgo toward a willingness to be more patient, more open, more interested in what needs to happen to have harmonious long-term projects, relationships. Um, (laughs) You know, I, I start thinking when I think about Libra and the arts, I think so much about music, like this sustained harmonic note. Um, I think of John Cage about the compositions he made that were meant to be played over the course of months, if not years. And you can fact check me on that. I don't, I, I don't, I haven't like researched it before coming up with this image right now as I am extemporaneizing. <laughs> is that a word? Um, but essentially what I'm saying about Venus and Libra is that the energy moves from one of we are healing our hearts through adjustment and kind of putting in the hard work toward we are healing our hearts through being in the experience of harmony for as long as possible. One thing to be aware of when there is a lot of energy in Libra is a tendency to smooth over what needs to be spoken out loud. So Libra, especially Venus and Libra, doesn't love a conflict, doesn't love coming to the other or coming to the collective or even coming to the self with a sense of this is wrong and and we need to do something about it or we need to hash this out somehow. And so that's the shadow side of Venus and Libra is just there's a little bit less willingness to honestly directly confront what might need to change and to have those conversations transparently. On October 1st, Venus, newly in Libra, is opposing Jupiter and Aries. And, I mean, what a gorgeous day! What a gorgeous day for heart expansion, for luxuriating and good feelings and connections, for just having this, like, lush fullness in our sense of what it means to be alive and to be interested in the world and in each other and in our own creativity. The one caveat I have for this particular aspect is whenever you're dealing with Venus in a hard aspect to Jupiter, it's not going to feel hard the way a hard aspect to Saturn might feel like. You're not going to feel it as ouch, but a hard aspect to Jupiter can promote this sort of feeling of everything feels so good, why stop ever? Which means we have more of a likelihood of overrunning our boundaries overspending, whether that's um, spending too much money on things that make us feel good, which is Venus, or spending too much energy in relationships where we're feeling good, you know, kind of being like, I am on this date and I don't ever want it to end and I'm not going to go to sleep and I'm going to be a wreck for work tomorrow, right? Those are both uh, possible side effects of what is a very fun feeling aspect. So have fun. October 1st, have fun this day. Um, If you're doing anything creative, this is a gorgeous day to be creating like a, just like a, an open, non-critical space for as much brainstorm as possible, for collaboration, for experiment, for generating ideas, images, and anything, you know, kind of like just bringing in the abundance of it all. 
don't spend today trying to edit it. <laughs> don't curate. Don't try to winnow it down to your best work. Don't stress too much about the details. Just let this be a day of joyous generation. And there is so much going on between these new moons and this particular lunation cycle that I'm going to see if I can hit the highlights as quickly as I can for you because <laughs> otherwise we're going to be here for hours. So October 2nd, Mercury goes direct. Yay! You can stop griping about technology for that particular reason. If technology fails on you, it's for a different reason until the next Mercury retrograde period. On October 4th, Saturn in Aquarius comes to a very, very close, almost perfect square with Uranus and Taurus. And you may remember Uranus squaring Saturn, that uh, this particular Saturn-Uranus square has been with us since February of 2021. It was really big headlines in the astrological year of 2021. Has been a little bit in the background this year since there's a lot of other things happening and because there hasn't been an exact hit, as it were, between these two planets. So this is the closest that they come for a while now. This is sort of the, the final peak in that cycle. And it isn't exact. It's less than one degree apart, though, so it's pretty damn close. And what this will bring up for the collective is kind of this last gasp of all of the tsuris and stress that we have been feeling about this pull between the old world dying and the new world being reborn, as it were. So if you think about the political, global situation, ecological, how we relate to each other as a collective, all of the things that are in debate and in processes of decay and possibly in processes of rebirth, all of this tracks to the Saturn-Uranus square, that particular cycle. This, if you want to nerd out astrologically, you can look up previous Saturn-Uranus squares and kind of do some research about what has the world looked like when this has happened before. We don't have time for that on this particular podcast, but I encourage you to. It's fascinating. So this is the last hit for this particular cycle. And I encourage you to pay attention on October 4th to what you're feeling pulled between in terms of your own values, your attachment to the past, your desires for the future. And if possible, to make some sort of intention from that place of conflict, you don't need to start acting on it yet, but just set an intention for yourself that you will start to chart a course over the next weeks and months and years that offers sustainable steps towards those highest ideals that you're holding for the future. You don't have to know how yet. You don't have to know who's going to do it with you. Today is merely a day of saying, yes, I feel this tension. I believe in a certain kind of future. I must believe there's a way to get there, and I'm going to find a way how. October 9th, we have a full moon in Aries. It's a lovely time to just let loose or to hide in your bedroom, depending on how you feel about Aries energy and full moons in general. Energy can get extra high on a full moon, and Aries energy is passionate and impulsive and sexy and a little bit aggressive when it's in its shadow side. So be aware of that vibe being very present on October 9th and make your decisions accordingly. On October 11th, we got Sun in Libra trying Saturn, another one of these gorgeous um, air sign accords. 
really beautiful day for actualizing things that you care about, for understanding this is what's important to me and this is how I'm going to do it, and I'm going to make myself a timeline for it, or a budget, or registering your business, or editing your notes, or talking to somebody who is a mentor, or a counselor who can help you with your goals. Saturn trine sun is just always a really good time for getting real about where you are headed and how to get there from a sense of clarity rather than fear or self-judgment or grandiose delusion. <laughs> it is a, it's a very good sign for chill realism. And with Libra and Aquarius being present also, it's a good time to be talking to people. It's a good time to be making plans and, and networking and doing those things. So that is September, I'm sorry, October 11th. And then on October 12th, things get a little weird again. We got Mars and Gemini making a square to Neptune and Pisces. And Mars is fiery, passionate motivation. It's our drive, it's our assertiveness, our boundary setting. And Neptune is where we get really stoned. <laughs> Neptune is where we escape from reality, tap into this portal of the imagination and connection to the all. And so when Mars and Neptune are squaring off, it's, it's a little bit like that fire that you're trying to hold of your own passionate, outward-directed energy is just surrounded by water. It's surrounded by foggy water. You are, you are on a boat, and it is misty, and your, your match is going to go out. That's often how it feels. So this is not a great day for really trying to have the energy or the direction or the drive. I would say don't plan anything for October 12th that requires a lot of energy to get off the ground or a lot of sense of focus or, you know, don't, don't put everything off and then be like, I'll finish it on October 12th. You will not, <laughs> you will be a little bit confused and disoriented energetically on this day. At the same time, we have Mercury in Libra opposite Jupiter and Aries. And so our minds are going to be expanding. Our conversations might be fascinatingly broad and wide and circuitous. So with Neptune and this Mercury-Jupiter opposition happening, this is a kind of a gorgeous day for having a directionless curiosity around, hey, what, what's coming into my perspective today? Who am I learning from? Where is my mind being drawn? What happens when I let myself daydream? But be aware that you may experience some frustration if you're trying to act on the things on this day. On October 14th, we got another lovely trine, Venus and Libra, trine Saturn, Venus following quickly behind the sun. This is a very similar energy to the 11th with that realism and getting things done and being focused and very, you know, like proud of your adulthood. The difference is that where sun directs our sense of purpose, Venus is our romantic life, our creative life, and our core values, really. So any of those things are very ripe on the 14th for having a process of refining and discernment and figuring things out. So if you, as a creative human in this world, did what I encourage you to do on October 1st and generated a lot of ideas and had a lot of collaborative experimental fun, this is the day, October 14th, when you want to do the editing work, when you want to come back to all those ideas or all those dates you went on, whatever happened, come back to it and do some sorting and do some um, sort of more thoughtful, careful 
interrogation of how much of this do I really stand by? How, you know, what, 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 what do I value in this? And what is worth working on? What do I want to put my further energy toward bringing to a level of understanding or refinement or care so that I really am proud of what's happening, whether that's in your creative world or your relational world. And this could be a day when you have some like chill, I'm just gonna keep saying that word, some chill clarity about, oh yeah, I don't need this. I don't need to keep dating this person. It's fine, we're just not a good fit. Or I wrote a thousand you know, drafts of this poem and it's maybe just not a poem I need to write. Or right after, October 17th, we got Sun and Libra trining Mars and Gemini, continuing the trend. With Gemini instead of Aquarius and Mars instead of Saturn, this is more of an active and dynamic time. So that trine is still fairly chill, Sun and Libra is fairly chill, but Mars and Gemini is a little bit active. <laughs> Mars and Gemini stirs up our thoughts and our curiosity and kind of quickens our minds. So this is a gorgeous day to do more questioning and experimenting and thinking, especially around where you are headed as a human, whether that means these are the relationships that I want to be moving towards, these are my long-term life goals, or just, uh, hey, you know what? I've been sitting around the house a lot and I wanna start walking more, right? Anything, anything Mars-oriented of just like, I have an idea about how my energy wants to be moving through my body and I'm going to try it out and see what happens. October 17th. October 18th, Venus right behind the sun, also training Mars and Gemini. Just another lovely transit. So many lovely transits. This one's a great one for making new friends and for um, coming back to your creative life of some kind and sharing it. <laughs> kind of being like, hey, here I am um, reading you all the poems I wrote. The ones that I've already curated and edited on the, on the October 14th when there was the Venus trying to Saturn. When we shift from the 18th to October 20th, the energy shifts a little bit. And so the rest of this lunation cycle is a little less chill, a little more intense. So I would say, you know, really have a sweet breather between October 1st and October 18th to be socializing, thinking, writing, going to parties, going on dates, having a creative practice that feels really cool and juicy and generative, like really luxuriate in that time and then be ready on October 20th for the mood to shift a little bit. And I begin this shift with Venus and Libra making a square to Pluto. And if you've been following the podcast, you'll know Venus square Pluto is always a day when we are more likely than not to be aware of our own fears, control issues, and shadow side around all things Venusian, right? Around our relationships, how we love people, how we receive love, and how we think of ourselves as creative humans. So not a great day, October 20th, to be sharing your most vulnerable poetry with people you don't know that well, right? Um, it is a good day for being with the crunchier parts of our own experience about our worth, our fundamental worth as human beings, and how we feel we need to prove that, or the fears we might have around loss and abandonment, fears we have around loss of love, around not being worthy of love, 
all of that. This is like a day to just like give yourself a hug, wrap yourself in a blanket as these feelings might come up for healing. On October 22nd, Sun moves uh, into conjunction with Venus, or rather Venus with Sun. They're both in Libra still. Mercury and Libra at the same time is trining Saturn. And this is kind of like the last moment of all of this Libra energy trining everything before we shift for the Sun uh, being in Scorpio. So this is kind of the, the culmination of Libra season. And this is a day that you can hold on to as kind of this door that you're walking through, where the, the party you have been having with your own sense of clarity and creativity and connection throughout October, um, you get to have some nice goodbyes. You get to make plans for the future. You get to uh, get people's phone numbers, solidify that you're going to do this again, right? Like all those sort of like party is ending moments, but like it, it's been a good party and you're, you're leaving with good connections. And after this day, we are going to be moving toward the new moon in Scorpio on October 25th, which is also a solar eclipse. And October 25th, which we will talk about in far more depth on the next podcast, is going to be a really big eclipse. You know, eclipses are always a little bit scorpionic in flavor because they have to do with uncovering what has been hidden, seeing in the dark, exposing things for healing and for integration. And so a new moon in Scorpio is like extra, just extra, extra. And this one also has Venus very involved in it. So all the things we've been talking about that sort of began with this, you know, the, the Venus and Libra square to Pluto on October 20th, whatever has been coming up for you since then is definitely going to be a theme in the eclipse season. So October 25th, I will have a new podcast for you that's going to go all into those details before October 25th. I'm hoping I'm hoping to have it on the 23rd so you have some time to really get ready. We'll see what happens, though. All right, so this has been The Hum. I'm Karina Dross, one half of Abacus Corvus. You can find my artwork, abacuscorvus.com, me and my sister. And you can find more of my astrology at flaxandgold.com or read my monthly horoscopes on Autostraddle. I also have a Patreon Please um, join me if you want to. Okay, thanks so much. Bye.